Hey there, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Remy Trails podcast. I want to take a second to intentionally just stop and say thank you for pressing play. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your attention and your time and your energy. They truly mean the world to me. If you would like to support what I'm doing here with this show, another step beyond what you've already done simply by being here with me, you could head on over to patreon.com forward slash Remy Trails. Check out the tier that makes the most sense for you. Which one will it be? At the very least, at the at the bottom donation at a single dollar a month, you're going to get ad-free episodes that are released to you early and you're going to get a shout out like Eddie, like Hokius, like L and like Adam. I appreciate you guys so much. And uh, that's going to happen every single week right here at the beginning of the episode. I got some stuff that I really want to talk to you guys about. I did want to give you a content warning. Shit's about to get political. I do believe that the overwhelming majority of you who typically listen to my show will probably agree with a lot of the things that I'm about to say, but I did want to put that warning in there just in case that's not a thing that you want to be listening to. So here we go. Presidential hopeful candidate Andrew Yang has been making a lot of noise and I've been listening and I've been loving a lot of what he's been talking about. And there's just a couple things that I wanted to touch on on this episode that if you're not aware of, I really think it's important that you are. Uh, And in addition to discussing with you uh, specifically Andrew Yang, we're also going to take just a small bit of time to talk about a specific TikToker who I've been following and who uh, I think is doing some of the most important work on the internet and on TikTok. I mean, yeah. So I'll just leave that at that for now. So first things first, I really wanted to have a discussion about the data dividend project. And so Andrew Yang has proposed this idea, which I mean, is kind of a no-brainer and makes an outrageous amount of sense called the Data Dividend Project. And you can sign up with the Data Dividend Project and I promise you I will have a link for you here in the show notes. But the idea behind this is that companies like Apple and Facebook and Google, they're selling our data, they're selling them in packets. Uh, If you've gotten text messages about, you know, mail enhancement or uh, phone calls from people who you didn't authorize to have your phone number, but they're trying to sell you things. The most recent one for me was that supposedly the extended warranty on my car was about to run out and they were going to be able to offer me a new one. Your data is being sold on the internet. We are the commodity. Our information is the thing that's sold to advertising agencies and things of that nature. And when it's sold, these companies make a holy fuck me ton of money and we're not seeing any of it. And the data dividend project is born from the, the personal belief that we should be seeing something for that. And at the end of the day, if it's two bucks, okay, cool. It could be as much as $20 or $200. It all depends on, you know, well, it depends on a number of factors <laughs> to say the least. The point here is that we deserve to be paid for the information that exists about us that companies are making money off of with their targeted advertising and things of that nature. We should be paid. And this this group exists to try to make that happen. And uh, one of the other things that, that Yang was running on was the idea of a universal basic income, which kind of segues a little bit into the next thing that I wanted to talk about. So we're going to do this in kind of two parts there. So the universal basic income, one of the best analogies that I had ever read is like, 
it was that uh, having a universal basic income is just like having a full cell phone battery or a full tank of gas. And I love that analogy so much because it makes perfect sense. And it aligns very closely with the idea of the cycle of poverty, which is something that's a huge theme here on this show. You see my attempts to try to break free from the cycle of poverty, which are being annihilated right now because of COVID. Well, that's not entirely true, but that's a different episode. Uh, The UBI has the potential to take away the forced survival mode that we're all, that those of us who are in the cycle of poverty are in. Does it also give guys like Jeff Bezos $2,000 per month that he's never even going to notice? That he could literally wipe his ass with and have no idea it happened. Yes. It also gives $2,000 a month to me. And that's life-changing money. $2,000 a month is less than $500 a month. Less than what I make per month. I'm going to say that in a different way that's less confusing. A universal basic income of $2,000 per month would double my salary where I'm at right now. Almost. And that's life-changing. That takes me out of starvation mode. That takes me out of uh, panic. Out of survival mode. And it gives me the ability to plan and to think and to enjoy my life. We're the richest country in the world. We shouldn't have homeless people. We shouldn't have hungry people. And a universal basic income gives us the opportunity to not. There's going to be people who abuse it. There's going to be people who misuse it. There's going to be people who blow it. I get it. They're in the minority. Come on. And we also have to acknowledge that the cycle of poverty is a real thing. And so maybe for the first couple of months, that money just goes out the window. And there are other ramifications that come along with that. Because people who are in the cycle of poverty need to use payment arrangements to be able to keep up on their bills. And if they blow the $2,000 per month that they're given and they they have bad spending habits. I think if we're going to do a universal basic income... I think that there should be um, some form of financial wellness class that's also taught to give you access. As soon as you get the certificate, you get your first payment. And that your payments should be set aside until you get the certificate. That is a fin- that is a fantastic stipulation that I think that they should definitely consider instituting. Nobody's going to hear it, most likely from me, but it's a, that would be helpful. Especially for the naysayers who have a million things to say about this. Oh no, the price of everything is going to go up. Yes, the price of everything is almost certainly going to go up. Whether it's caused by the UBI or in correlation to a UBI, the price of things is going to go up just like it was already going to do. The median income in the United States of America is somewhere in the ballpark of $50,000, but the price of shit continues to rise. But incomes aren't. And a UBI has the ability to end that. One of the other things that we're looking down the barrel of at the time of me recording this, but not necessarily posting it, is that uh, the government is preparing, the United States government is preparing to uh, make a decision on a second stimulus check. Second stimulus package. And from the reading that I've done so far, they've been discussing targeting another round of checks at folks who earn $40,000 per year or less only. 
I think that it's a good idea to definitely make sure that those who are in the lowest income brackets receive the aid that they need. Because we are, there, there are a lot of statistics that are showing that many folks who are above that pay grade didn't spend the money. And that's because when you're not in the cycle of poverty, you don't have those that attitude, that perspective, and that idealism toward money, feeling like it's going to evaporate if you don't spend it, so you spend it. They're able to save it. But arguably speaking, most of the people in that lower income bracket are the ones who do need it. The issue that I have with that is that they're judging that $40,000 per year metric is based on arbitrary data that doesn't really fit the needs of the American people at this point. It's based on similar data to our fictitious poverty line. And I say fictitious because that's not based on any relevant data of today either. The poverty line is arbitrary. We've got 8 out of 10 Americans who are currently living paycheck to paycheck cannot handle a sudden $500 expense that could lead them to financial ruin. Why are we not basing poverty on that fact? That's my big issue with the direction that they're taking new stimulus checks. Um, The whole package is going to also most likely abolish the additional money for unemployment compensation, which I think it's extremely interesting that they're saying that they're incentivizing people to stay home. It's almost as if you did something like, I don't fucking know, raise the minimum wage to a living wage. We would actually see people more eager to get back to work because they would be able to live and survive. Look, the fact is people don't want to not work. That was way too many double negatives. People want to work. We spent most of our lives being culturally indoctrinated into the idea that our identities is t- are tied into our work. People want to work. What's the value in it, though? If that additional $600 is incentivizing people to stay home, it's because they want to continue to earn that money, not because they don't want to work. It's being looked at the wrong way. Also, mo- in most of those conversations, where that's coming from is actually not taking into consideration benefits, which is a full third of what most people are earning. Yeah, outside of their salary. They're only looking at salaries when they say things like that. It's incredibly misleading. They're looking at incentivizing people to get back to work, so there's potentially going to be bonuses for folks who do return to their job when it's offered to them. But we're headed into a secondary spike during, make no mistake, this is the first wave of the coronavirus. And I'm not sharing opinions with you right now. This is all backed by epidemiological data. I'm not sharing anything that hasn't been fact-checked exhaustively and double-checked and made sure. Like, I'm giving you, to the best of my knowledge and ability, real facts here. Real facts. We're in a second spike. I live in Pennsylvania, as I've mentioned before, and here in Pennsylvania, our governor is getting ready to lock things down again. And the very first thing I'm hearing is, oh no, our economy. Oh no, our children are going to be saddled with so much debt. They don't have to be. And if the economy crashes completely because we don't take action and people die, we don't know the long-term effects of what this virus is going to have on people. There's evidence that there may be long-lasting psychological damage, long-lasting lung damage. And people are still choosing not to wear their masks. I don't understand that. So that's what I know about the stimulus package. Andrew Yang wants to get us paid for our data. So he started the Data Dividend Project. Just as important as being paid for your data. And I recognize that this episode is running over, so I apologize for that. Just as, being, just as important as being paid for your data is protecting yourself and your data. 
when you get onto TikTok, and I'm going to, of course, put a link to this in the show notes, you want to go check out Ray.Enbos. So that's R-E-Y period N-B-O-W-S. This woman is doing the most important work on the internet today. She is informing you of the things that you need to know in order to keep yourself safe and have safe practices while you're utilizing the internet. The alarming number of individuals who use the internet and don't know how the internet works actually has started keeping me up at night. And the fragrant absence of security and repercussions and recourse that we have to protect ourselves is terrifying to me. All of our lives exist on the internet. It's how you're listening to this right now, but so many of us have no fucking clue <laughs> what um, what to do to protect ourselves, how to do it appropriately, what makes a good password, whether or not you should accept cookies. And I'm guilty of a lot of shit she has taught me um, that I shouldn't be doing. Please check out her TikTok, watch her videos. She knows her shit and start putting some of these practices into play you want to get paid for your data you should get paid for your data but you should also be protecting yourself because right now we are vulnerable as fuck in conjunction with following her stuff listening to breach which is something that i've talked about before and the podcast in addition to breach and the podcast so bob will do wonders to educate you where technology is considered. And I think it's unbelievably important that you take a look at that as well. And I'm open to the conversation and I'm open to the discussion. I'd love to hear from you about it. Um, Feel free to message me on any of the social media that I have listed in the show notes here. Hey, universal basic income, positive life-changing power. We're going to see a second round of stimulus checks. What they're going to look like, it's going to be some kind of bastardization of what the first one was, but hopefully it will be helpful to a large quotient of people, and they're also hopefully going to get under control the number of dead people who received checks. Go follow Rain.Bows, Ray.Nbows <laughs> on TikTok. Listen to Breach. Listen to So Bob. Listen to me. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. I can't wait to see you next time.